So just how early should you ask for this sale? We're going to address that question today on The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone to another Quick Strike episode of The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore. And uh, one of the things that I have to deal with a lot, a question that I get frequently or the trainers on my team are going to get is how early should we ask for the sale? There's that school of thought out there that says, you know, ABC, always be closing. And we want to be closing the moment they walk through the door. And I would look at it and say, well, um, I guess you have to define closing first, but I'm not sure that I am. Well, it's not that I'm not in love with it. I hate the line. Hey, welcome. Did you bring your checkbook? I, I think it's supposed to be funny, but it's not funny. What it says is I'm more interested in having a conversation about the sale than I am even acknowledging that you're a human being who took his or her time to come visit me today. So now, having said that, I do recognize that there are opportunities to gain agreements early on in the process, and we should take advantage of it. But what we're talking about right now is the final agreement, asking for the order, asking for the check, asking for the contract, asking for the sale. How soon should we do that? How early should we do that? And one of the things that we see here is that if we want to ask the question, this is what we always do in the buyer's mind. When we're trying to ask a question about how we should sell, we always start by saying, well, I don't know, how does a buyer want to buy? We've always said in the buyer's mind, if we understand the way that a buyer wants to buy, then we can reverse engineer the sales process to make it easy for them to do that. So rather than ask the question, how early should I close? We got to ask the question, how early does our customer need us to ask for that sale? So now let's go back to the buyer here for just a second. And I, what I want to do here is I'm going to take their buying process. I'm going to take the buying process and I'm going to break it down into, into three steps. The entire process into three steps. Now, we know that there are many, many steps in the buying process. But I'm going to give three big steps. I just want you to think about three boxes, if you will, that are side by side and lined up. Okay. The first box is the box called dissatisfaction. You could call it need if you want. We use the term dissatisfaction, but that's where it all starts. In the absence of dissatisfaction, there is no sale ever. Every time somebody is going to buy something, it's because there's something about their life that is unsatisfactory in some way. So that first step is always dissatisfaction. Now, it might be a minor dissatisfaction. We call that a nuisance. <laughs> it might be a moderate dissatisfaction, something that bugs us. And it might be a raging dissatisfaction, something that has to be cured. But either way, we know that at the core is dissatisfaction. That's an important place to start because of one very important truth. Do not miss this because it'll really, really mess up your sales process otherwise. The single greatest predictor of urgency is dissatisfaction. The higher the dissatisfaction, the greater the urgency. It's not your special. It's not a price drop. It's not the negotiation. It's not, it's not product availability. The single greatest predictor of urgency is dissatisfaction. So we start there. That's the first phase in the buying cycle. Now, of course, a salesperson doesn't know that a customer is dissatisfied when they're only in the dissatisfied stage, but it does tell us that customers might be in that buying cycle for years 
before they actually talk to a salesperson. Because when I carry that dissatisfaction, there's that part of me that says, well, sooner or later, I'm going to have to get this cured. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to get this fixed. That dissatisfaction tends to rise over time. And then eventually, we jump out of box number one, dissatisfaction, and into box number two. And that is research. We've got our dissatisfaction over here. We're going to carry that with us, and we're going to jump into box number two. That's the research phase. Now, that research phase can come in all kinds of forms. It might see, you know, one way that we'll see research phase very, very early on, if you have some dissatisfaction with your car, you're driving down the road, you see a different car, and you go, nice car. Hey, I like that. And what you're looking at is something that your car does not have. That's research in its very primitive form. Of course, as we go on, we'll see research in the form of web browsing. We'll see it in the form of what do my friends say on Facebook. We'll see it in the form of casual conversations with people at work. This is all research. Then eventually, we'll see it in actually physically getting in our car and driving to a place of business to look at a solution, to look at a home, to look at a car, to look at a you know jewelry, to look at clothes, whatever it is. That's all research. And we'll gather data and we'll construct it together. That's the second box. It's the research box. Now, customers can stay in that box for a very, very long time. But I will warn you that that's a bad idea. The longer we stay in the research box, the more we get paralyzed by our own analysis. We get locked up because as customers, we tend to make emotional decisions. When I hang out in that research box for too long, then what happens? I get hooked into the research so much, I can't make sense of it all. All right. Box number one dissatisfaction. Box number two, research. Box number three, decision. Right? At some point, I'm going to have to make a decision. I'm going to have to look at it and say, the dissatisfaction must be cured. I've done my research to see what's out there. Now I'm going to make a decision. Now, if we understand this from the customer's perspective, we can reverse engineer our sales presentation. And the argument here is, that if you're a salesperson, asking for the sale early in the process makes a lot of sense. Not the moment you see them, but as soon as they have found some emotional connection into your product. When they get to the point where you know that you have what they are looking for, that it solves the need, but more importantly, that they have an emotional connection, that's a good time to begin that process of asking for the sale. Now, why? Well, Let's suppose that I'm out shopping for a, a big ticket item that, that is difficult to purchase uh, on a whim. Now, for some people, they can buy a home or a car or a vacation property or whatever in a boat uh, on the first visit, no problem. But for others, they need time to, quote, think about it. So let's suppose that I'm going to go out, I'm looking at a boat, okay? Uh, I'm dissatisfied with the fact that I, I don't have one now and I've always wanted one and so now I'm doing my research, I'm online, I'm talking to my friends, I go into a boat store, but let's suppose that a salesperson never asked me to purchase. And I say to the salesperson, eventually, I want to go think about it. I want to think about it. And I legitimately do. It's not a put off. I'm legitimately thinking that's what I want to do. I want to go think about it. So now where do I go? I go back into my research phase. But let's suppose a different scenario where the salesperson said, what do you think? You want to make it yours? You, you, want, to, you want to take this boat home with you? Let's suppose that's where the conversation goes. Now what has happened? That salesperson has launched me into the third box, the decision box. 
that is now an open field for me to play around in. And so if I look at it and I say, well, you know what? Uh, I still need to think about it. And I might have to. I might have to find out my finances. I might have other people I need to talk to, whatever it is. If I'm going to think about it now, here's the key. If I am thinking about it, is buying it now in play? Very much so. The salesperson has already asked me, would you like to buy it? So now I know as I'm continuing to think about it, that thinking is going to lead to an important end, the actual decision. If you want to accelerate the decision, ask for the sale as soon as there is an emotional connection. You can handle the technical side of it. You can deal with some of the things that are going to come up. But as soon as you get the customer thinking, do I want to buy it? Even if they say no, it means that they have moved into the decision-making box. And that's where you want them to be. Experiment with it. Play around with it. Try it. Go through that process. The worst thing that can happen is a customer is going to say no, but they're still thinking about it. And that's a good place to be. Don't wait too long to get your customer into the decision box. The longer you wait, the harder it is for them to make a decision. The earlier you start that process, the easier it is to help change their world. 